Chapter 12 Coven Welcome, 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 welcome to Harbinger of Death. Harbinger of Death. Sit back, relax, unwind. Don't forget to turn your volume up to the max. Minutes later, they had arrived. The huge gates with a large W woven in them told Nick so. This was the Wither Manor. The most affluent folk in town lived in this place. State your name and... Oh, hey Libby, who are you with there? Asked the scrawny security who wore a cap that kept all of his brown messy hair from escaping. And he had large owl eyes and ears just as large. Libby tapped the steering wheel impatiently as they stopped at the gates. And she replied impatiently. This is my friend Kevin, Nicholas. Nicholas, this is Kevin. Kevin's smile seemed to fade away as he waved awkwardly at Nick. Nick simply nodded. You didn't tell me you had a you, you had a type. <laughs> Kevin seemed to whisper but didn't notice he was failing. Kevin, he's my best friend. We grew up together and he's practically like my brother, okay? She was clearly holding it together. Okay. <laughs> uh, Nelson, you're gonna have to sign a form and we're gonna need to do a security check before you go in, Miss Summers. And... Could you bring the farm? Kevin yelled to another security guard. Libby was infuriated. They were wasting her time. Nick found the situation a bit funny. The security guard obviously liked Libby, and Libby doesn't feel the same way. After minutes of time wasting and car ramaging, they were finally in. So, <laughs> how about that Kevin fella, huh? Nick smiled and asked imploringly. Ugh. He's been trying to flirt his way into my panties for three years, disgusting troll. She said with furred eyebrows that showed she was focusing on driving. Whoa, hey, why all the hate? In all fairness, I thought he was pretty funny. Nick said. Libby chuckled and said, Oh, I, I didn't mean it like that. She said, finding a parking spot in the underground parking which could accommodate nearly 60 cars if not more. Huh? Nick furrowed his eyebrows in confusion. Kevin is an actual goblin. An actual magical goblin. And he's cousins to the trolls. They're like familiars or whatever to powerful witches. They guard, clean, or protect their masters generally at all costs. They're servants to witches and they're extremely loyal to the witch they are trained to protect. Not all witches have goblins. <laughs> so wait, you're telling me that Kevin is someone's magical guardian? Nicholas laughed so hard, the sound banged on the windows of the car back into his ears. Nicholas, stop laughing. Goblins may not be the brightest creatures, but they're certainly very strong. He might not look like much, but the fact that they are assigned to only powerful witches should tell you a lot. She said in a serious voice that made Nicholas stop laughing. Okay, okay, I, I, I get it. He's super strong. And powerful. They have magic of their own. They're generally tricksters, but their tricks can be advantages to even the most skilled witches. 
Okay. So, if he's all that powerful, then why don't you go out with the guy? Nick, I don't see him that way. Plus, are you joking? Miranda and the Coven already looked down on me. Try dating a goblin. Those goblins are formidably known for their weird traditions. One of them being, if you sleep with a goblin, there's no going for other people or other relationships or breaks. They have a dark streak of mad raging jealousy. Possessiveness, actually. I think you saw some of it. So typically, they do whatever it takes for their mate to never leave their side until, well, death do them part. Wait, is everyone around me supernatural? What's next? Fairies? And I thought goblins are short, ugly, and smelly. Mm, as far as I know, vampires and fairies and werewolves aren't real. There's more, but the list is too long. And yes, most of the goblins' lineage came from midgets, but not all of the goblins are midgets. They're not ugly or smelly, they're normal. Some of them might be more beautiful than ordinary humans, actually. She concluded as they got out of the car and started walking to the elevator. Now, Nick, whatever you do, do not wander around the house. Not alone, at least. You are to be with me at all times until we leave. You'll accept only the first beverage they give you and not any more. She said adamantly. Why? Because, because, because I said so. Just trust me, okay? Stop asking questions. He looked around the parking to see if he can spot his car anywhere, but it was nowhere to be seen. They got to the elevator, which had two floors and had more security escort nearby. They were only on ground floor, moving up to the first floor, and the elevator doors opened. The view was absolutely stunning. It had penthouse vibes. The deluxe suite kind, on a larger scale, New York style. This area looked like a lobby. But what took Nick's breath away the most is seeing Miranda. Tall, strong jaw, red lipstick, black shoulder-length hair, wore a jersey that had on ornamental figures that complemented its white shade. It looked more like fur with a bit of sparkles, but it was collar-necked with a V-shape that showed her cleavage. Her red skirt that had pleats and red boots. She looked just like those girls on TV in slow motions or fashion magazines. Tall, dark, and handsome. Where have you been? My name is Miranda. Mucho gusto. She held out her hand, nails polished red, beautifully matching her tan red skin, had two beautiful silver rings in her fingers. Nick took her hand and shook it gently. It was soft. She smelled like cocoa butter. Nick noticed she shook his hand with her left hand. He looked on the right one and saw it, a silver shining bracelet that entwined its forgings across her wrist. Holding faint glistening lights of red and between the entwinements, the stones that made the bracelet even more beautiful. This was her magic gem bracelet. Right, uh, yeah, I know. We kind of go to the same school, he said trying not to be rude. Oh, do we? Oh, silly me. Lips, can we talk? That's important. Miranda completely forgot Nick had existed. She didn't even bother asking for his name. How could he have had his hopes up so high? Of course she didn't know who he was. He wasn't as popular as she was. Unless you count the countless top mark awards he got every year, which no cool student dare attended. It was mainly comprised of teachers. Livy did not budge after Miranda beckoned her to another room. 
You know you can say it in front of him, whatever it is you want to say, right? She said. She huffed, then turned as scarlet as her outfit. Fine. You broke the seal of integrity. Libby, how could you have gone so insane? You know what's coming, right? Honestly, how could you be so stupid and reckless? Huh? She had changed from the sweet enchantress she was just a minute ago. Nick saw a puffed-up red dragon that let out its fury in fire. Miranda, I know what I did, okay? And I did it for a good reason. Libby answered calmly. Oh yeah? What was the reason? She crossed her arms in pure sass. He was attacked by one of those entities, and I had to protect us with magic. She simply said, as though she did not give it a care in the world. And that was a good enough reason to tell him everything about us. She yelled. Nicholas had thought Libby wasn't a generally nonchalant character ever since he had known her, but next to Miranda, she was definitely cooler, like this room was. It wasn't too hot, and it wasn't too cold either. Look, what would you have done if your best friend was in danger? Would you rather lie to them about what's happening, or would you stand idly by and let him wander around into a clueless danger zone? At least this way, he knows that he's protected. Oh, great! Wait till he tells the Brotherhood what we've been doing, what we are. Libby, you're a selfish scallywag of a person. Oh, he wouldn't. I trust him with my life. Okay? He knows that without our protection, this town is as good as dead. He's seen it firsthand. What is coming for the town? Officer Martin's dead. Okay? He died last night. And guess who the monster saw first? She said, looking in Nick's direction. She blinked many times before asking. He was killed by a supernatural, a fucking minotaur with an axe. It swung its axe at Nick, but Officer Martin pushed him out of the way just in time, and he got the full impact. It devoured him and ripped him apart right in front of our eyes before we could make a run for it. She said, pausing for a moment to show that she felt emotional about this situation. Then Nick noticed that a group of people were listening in on their conversation, mostly women. Beautiful women, without so much as one blemish or pimple on sight. As they rushed towards Libby, Miranda, and him, he suddenly was the least important thing about the room. As Libby told the story, Nick saw the men trail behind the women, but there were only four of the men. He didn't think men could be witches too. We had to run to the car, and the Minotaur followed us. That's what wrecked Nick's car. It was huge, height of the trees or taller. She said, and Miranda spoke. But you told me a huge tree fell on it. I, I don't understand. She was bewildered. Then one of the girls in green silky robes with long black hair spoke in an ominous voice. A minotaur! Minotaur! That is not good. That is not good at all. This beast foretells a dark time coming ahead. Destruction! Peril! And most of all. Oh, Ganet Zarina, with your dollar store fortune cookie predictions, and I think we've had enough of them, haven't you? Miranda shot her up. Just as Miranda was about to speak, Serena intercepted her, only with a much stranger, hoarse voice that did not match her body. She stiffened and tensed up before speaking. We witches might hold power, but we cannot do what the man behind the white veil can do. He is most extraordinary, 
and he alone holds our fate in his hands, and that is absolute power. Then her eyes returned from inside the back of her skull, making it so that the blacks were visible once more. She blinked and looked completely oblivious to the crowd of witches and Nick was watching her. Everyone seemed tense after this. Hey, people of all zodiac signs, thank you for listening to my podcast. The Harbinger of Death was written by me, Bulalo M. If you love HOD, the best thing you can do is share it with your friends and family. And if you're a golden listener, please leave me a glowing review on your favorite podcast platform. Until then, you'll hear from me on the next episode. Thank you for listening.